are listening to Open Mic Spotlight with Heatherly Holt. Open Mic Spotlight is a weekly podcast featuring intimate conversations and performances with musicians and artists from Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. Take a closer look at all the wonderful talent and culture the Chattanooga music scene has to offer. Songbird's Guitar Museum, a guitar-oriented pop culture experience for the whole family, is now open at the historic Chattanooga Choo Choo. Come experience the beauty and evolution of the guitar. Discover the origins of rock and roll from gospel to blues and jazz to R&B to the sounds of Motown and the invasion of the British. See and hear the impact of surf music and rural acoustic music of country, bluegrass, and folk. Each Songbirds Guitar Museum exhibit features the guitars that made the music as well as the stories and artists that brought them to life. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic Spotlight. I am your host, Heather Lee Holt, and today we have Anthony Quails here. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, and Anthony Quails is the executive director of... Chattanooga Songwriters Association. Yes. You want to talk a little bit about that? I took over for the CSA back in uh, May of 2013. I had started out doing the, the Songwriters Association with a guy named Tom Cavan, and I was just one of the writers that came and played the writers. And I, in May, he wanted to retire, and he asked me if I'd take over, and I said, yes, I'll take over. So I took over, and we can run it for about four years now. What are the things that you do with the Songwriters Association? Well, when I took over the mission statement, which early I found out later it was not a mission statement, it was more of a goal, was to just encourage songwriters to write the best songs you can. The more you, you wrote songs that you were proud of, the more apt you are to play those songs for other people. They say practice makes perfect. I don't know if you'll ever get perfect at writing songs, but you'll get better, especially if you start hanging out with other songwriters. Yeah. And I think hanging out with people that are more seasoned typically yields better results. Of course, everybody always has something they can bring to the table, too. Yeah, and you are a part of the Nashville Songwriters? I did that before I started with the Chattanooga Songwriters Association. Mm -hmm. I did about a year of the Nashville Songwriters Association, and I did it mainly trying to get some exposure to some of the publishing companies up in Nashville. And I was really, really close. I did a, a mentoring session at Nashville Songwriters Association and was invited to be part of the GAP group. But the way it was explained to me was... It was an application process to be admitted to the group of like the top 100 up-and-coming songwriters in the Nashville area, and I don't know what that radius is. I was in North Georgia and mm-hmm. <laughs> Nashville's middle. It's pretty far. So, yeah, I'm like that's a wide radius there. Within that time, I had uh, did that, and then I ended up signing a publishing deal outside of Nashville Songwriters Association. So I didn't renew my membership because my goal was to get a publishing deal, and so I got one outside of the Nashville Songwriters Association. So I, I did that back in 2011, and right after I signed a publishing deal is when I started with the CSA. It just kind of all... And are you still doing stuff for that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I still write for a publishing company in Nashville. Uh, the, the publishing company I write for, I'm the only staff writer they have. A lot of it's a main CCM, like contemporary Christian medium. But I also write on my own. I write Americana and folk. That's what I enjoy doing. And so I write with other artists. Hopefully this year we'll do some more writing with some other artists. But. Awesome. Let's do a song. All right. All right, uh, so one of my favorite songwriters is a man named um, Pierce Pettis. Pierce actually wrote with Dave Wilcox, and there was an article in the local paper in one of the high schools in North Georgia had invited Pierce to come and play, and I thought, I'll go and watch it, and it was a lesson in songwriting 101, and also performance, too. He was He's not just a good songwriter, but he's, 
He's a fantastic songwriter and a fantastic performer. He's had songs that have been recorded by uh, Joan Baez and Garth Brooks was his big cut. He had a song on Garth Brooks Seven's record. But one of my favorite songwriters is E.S. Pierce Pettis, and this is one of his songs. It's called Little River Canyon. My grandfather took us to Little River Canyon to go swimming, so it's neat to hear the song because it really is like nostalgic to me because I'm like, I know about that, and I know exactly what he's talking about. So, <laughs> so this is Little River Canyon. Swimming with the snakes Pretty green water So cold it makes you ache Even on the hottest Alabama days When girls would lie on terry cloth and bake So deep into the landscape We didn't realize That we had been talking In accents all our lives just a vague sense of the world passing us by Like out of state tags Rolling down I-59 This song is just an echo Oh, this song is just a ripple From a stone that was tossed into the water long ago The height of adolescence Totally insane With heads more full of Hormones than brains Straightening out those curves And flying down those hills Driving so fast It's a wonder we weren't all killed Cars parked on the canyon rim Any weekend night you could hold your baby like a flotation device Bobbing to the surface, coming up for air In a tangle of tongues and teeth and hair This song is just an echo Oh, this song is just a ripple from a stone That was tossed into the water long Some left for college, some could only dream Hanging around town, still wearing their high school rings And I avoid their faces when I come to town Cause I still don't know which one of us has let the other down in a crazy quilt of trees And I'm looking at that smoky water choked with fallen leaves Falling like a million childish dreams And just washed away like nothing Inside that frigid stream This song is just an echo Oh, this song is just a ripple from a stone 
it was tossed into the water Great. Where are you from? Originally hail from the Ringgold area, but I live in Chickamauga now. What got you started in your music? Some people do music for uh, certain, certain reasons. I did it to get a girl back. Mm -hmm. I was 19 at the time, and uh, we were dating. and She liked Dave Matthews, and I liked her, so I went and tried to pick up a guitar. I bought a really bad guitar that would never stay in tune. And, and along the way, after about six months of listening to my brother screaming from the next room, You suck! Oh my God, you suck! I end up liking the guitar more than I did her, so I quit chasing her and just started chasing writing songs and things like that. And I just fell in love with it, and uh, and still, and you've been doing that for, gosh, almost 17 years now. So did you have any help learning the guitar? What's funny is when I bought the guitar, the internet wasn't huge then, so you didn't have YouTube or anything. So I went and bought a two dollar and fifty cent book from the music store, and that was everything I needed to know. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to play notes and play certain things. Really, when I started listening to Dave Wilcox and guys like that, I just they were doing things with, with words that were was just amazing. And so I thought, you know what, maybe I should parlay that. So I started writing songs. And of course, my first songs were like eight and nine minutes long. And I'm like, eventually somebody says, nobody wants to hear an eight-minute song, so you need to get it down. So I started. Mm -hmm. So when did out. you first start playing out? I, I always sang growing up in church. I was kind of, I already have a, like a high tenor anyways. And so before puberty, I was probably a soprano. <laughs> As a boy, you don't, you're not supposed to sing that high, so I just wouldn't tell anybody. Right after I started playing guitar, I would play for anybody who wanted to hear. I'd go out, sit out on the walking bridge for mm -hmm. like four hours on a mm -hmm. Friday and Saturday night, and I would just play. Mm -hmm. And I got to know a lot of people and learn about people and really kind of gauge people's personalities. And that's really kind of, I kind of got bit by that performance bug. And it's less about performance now, more about writing songs. In my mid-twenties, I scoffed at when I had a lady that was managing me and then, and she, and she said, have you ever thought about just being a songwriter? And I kind of laughed, I said, no, I'm an artist. And now I'm like, I'd rather be a songwriter than an artist, so... Do you want to play one of your songs? Yeah. I wrote this song a few years ago. It was based off a sticker on a window of a truck. I was driving home from work, and there was a big lifted truck. And on the back of the window, it said, Castaway. Automatically, my mind started going to, like, Sea Journey and stuff like that. And I thought, that'd be a really cool idea to write for a song. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote this song thinking about the Pirates of the Caribbean. If they had a prequel, I'd like for this song to be... This is Life is a Sea.
of the crew were lost in the autumn, swallowed up by the deep. We mourned for the fallen, the lost and forgotten, never again would they sing. Life is a sea, rough as the journey, and current may be. Oh, life is a sea. Voyage we're on, my captain me. Oh, life is a sea, rough as the journey. guitar are you playing right there? This is a Duncan Africa. There was a guy that used to build for Larvae guitars out of Canada. Him and his wife started a non-for-profit in Uganda back in 2007. He just had a compassion for the people of Africa. He said, I never knew what to do. He said, I started building guitars when I was in my teens out of my dad's garage. He said, you know, what can I do? You can only build guitars. And then it kind of just hit him. And so he left the Jean Larvae guitar company and him and his wife started a non-for-profit out, um, out of Uganda. And it's really neat because the village is very impoverished, and so they didn't really have any have a trade there. And so they just set up a school and started training them how to build like these boutique guitars. They teach them reading and English and math. Really what they teach them is life skills. Mm -hmm. He said, I know that not everybody's going to want to want to build guitars the rest of their life. He said, but what we hope to do is just give them some type of education that they can go out and start their own business. Probably back in 2013, I saw a Facebook video and it was this mini documentary about the Duncan Africa company. And I'm literally sitting there with tears in my eyes, I'm like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And of course, I'm a guitar nut anyways, and I'm always looking for something really kind of unique. I remember calling, thinking, I'm gonna get this receptionist, this is a big company, and he picks up the phone. And we have like this long conversation about just what they do, and has always been open to any questions I had. And so I would tell everybody about it. I mean, I would stop these artists at concerts, you know, they're fixing to hit the stage. I'm like, have I told you? I don't get paid for it. I just, I love the mission behind what they do, mm -hmm. which is being completely selfless. Because mm -hmm. they're not making hand over fist dollars you know, at all. Mm -hmm. But uh, they build up guitars and the boutique guitars are like, this one I think it's a cedar top with the rosewood back and sides and it's like $1,700. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know any boutique guitars you can get for $1,700 that sound as nice as that. Go to DuncanAfrica.com and you can read all about it and look at oh, some of the that's videos. That's such a beautiful thing that they're doing. Let's do another song. All right. Do you want to do another cover? Yeah, this is a John Denver song. And the story is he wrote this song. He had this guitar his grandmother gave him. He learned how to play on. He said, I played it. And then they got separated. He didn't know where the guitar was for years. He said, I finally got reunited with the guitar. The story is, he said, I couldn't wait to get back to my hotel room to tell the guitar everything that's happened to me. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like having an old friend. This song, uh, I heard it and I, I absolutely fell in love. This old guitar taught me to sing a love song Showed me how to laugh and how to cry 
Introduced me to some friends of mine And brightened up some days And helped me make it through some lonely nights What a friend to have on a lonely night This old guitar Gave me my lovely lady It opened up her eyes and ears to me It brought us close together And I guess it broke her heart And it opened up the space for us to be What a lovely place What a lovely space to be This old guitar gave me my life, my living All the things you know I love to do To serenade the stars that shine From a sunny mountainside But most of all, to sing my songs for you Oh I love to sing my songs for you Yes I do, you know I love to sing my songs for you Lovely. It's very short, but I love that song. Yeah. I can listen to that on repeat forever. It's a good one. John Denver's great. Yeah. So, what do you like to do when you're not playing music? I watch sports. My wife's like, I thought I married somebody that didn't love sports. I was like, there was one TV and the kids were small, so there was only Barney or Teletubbies, and that mm -hmm. was basically it. So when they got a little bit older, I got a TV for the downstairs just because I needed somewhere to hang out. This year has been funny because I this first year I got into like playing fantasy basketball. And I knew nothing about any of that. So I'm like in like seventh place right now, like 10 teams. <laughs> I'm just winging it. And uh, the guy I worked on my last record with, I found out quickly that we had a lot more in common than just music, which was great. It became a really good friendship. And he and I are really good friends since, mm -hmm. you know, for the past couple of years. And so most of the time, we don't even really talk about music. We talk about basketball and just guy stuff. And that's nice to have. And you have... Two daughters? Probably. Yeah, I have two daughters. I have my oldest daughter's like 17 and my youngest <laughs> one's 15. And so we're doing the driving thing right now, which is a lot of fun mm -hmm. and a lot of whiplash. <laughs> stop and start, stop and start. Yeah. Let's do another one of yours. What do you want to hear? What would you like to hear? What kind of song would you like to hear? And then I'll just Let's do one. the one about the man in the yellow suit. Okay, we'll do that one. Sometimes you'll write a song and it'll mean something. Mm -hmm. And then like down the road, it means something totally different. And the song has not changed, but your perspective on the song has changed. So when I first started really kind of getting out, I really have songs I was really happy with and, and proud of. And that's kind of where I tied into the C the, the Chattanooga Songwriters thing was. When I started doing this, the Chattanooga Songwriters Association, I was writing songs I was proud of. And they were for me. They were my songs. I felt like these songs really were who I was as a songwriter. This song was one of the first songs I wrote that really kind of actually landed me a publishing deal. It all snowballed. Just write what you want to write. Just write the songs you want to write. 
Try to write songs that are, you know, applicable to other people, but write what you want to write. I wrote this song. I drive into downtown every day in Chattanooga, and I was going to work, and the title for the song just hit. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting title, Acres of Faith. Okay, what does that mean? At that time, it was a low fog. It was like September, probably. I thought, you know, before this gas station was here, and those gas pumps, you know, and everything else, it was farmland. There was still some farmland out there. And, I thought, and then all of a sudden, I started thinking about Little House on the Prairie, and... And I remember this story from when I was a kid, and I was like, that would make a really good song, but how would you how would you write that? I wrote the song, and I sent to my friend, who was then became the head of my pub the publishing company, and he said, I absolutely love it. I don't know what to do with it, but he said, I love it. And it ended up becoming one of my um, favorite songs, and so I'm glad you asked me to sing it. This is Acres of Faith, but it is a story about a man in a yellow suit. Small town Nebraska where the corn and cotton grow When your brother was your neighbor about three miles down the road Hadn't seen a decent rain in at least a couple years Now when you visit that city there's a story that you'll hear Crops had withered up back in 1948 when the farmers gathered at the church praying for rain. Most were in their overalls and those dusty, worn out boots. But one old man came dressed in a yellow rubber suit. You gotta have Hope for the harvest Acres of faith When you go to the Father And ask in Jesus' name Expect that He'll deliver When you bow your head to pray Yes, He is faithful to answer When you got acres of well, 30 minutes in And the pew began to shake With the sound of that old man As he began to pray He shouted out, Amen And stumbled to his feet Put on his rubber hat and stepped out into the street You gotta have hope for the harvest Acres of faith when you go to the Father And ask in Jesus' name Expect that He'll deliver When you bow your head to pray He is faithful to answer when you got acres of faith. First came the thunder, then came the rain, filling the rivers and 
flooding the banks But to this day None have a clue Where went that old man In that yellow rubber suit You gotta have hope for the harvest Acres of faith When you go to the Father And ask in Jesus' name Expect that he'll deliver When you bow your head to pray Cause he is faithful to answer when you got Acres of faith. And I like to think about those old men in the church. And they watch that little old man, he's probably like five foot nothing, get up and he uh, walks over to the door and slings the door open. He puts that silly, you know, that rubber hat that's like on the rain suit that's not connected. He just like kind of teeters on top of the head. It's got those strings that are way too short to tie under your chin. And I wonder if one by one they, they kind of started singing. Come on rain, come on rain, come on rain, we got acres of faith. Come on rain, come on rain, come on rain, we got acres of faith. Come on rain, come on rain, come on rain, we got acres of faith. And that is on your record that you just yeah. released? Yeah, I, I, well, I say just, it's like last summer. I started that work, work on that record in 2014 with the Nehemiah Foundation for Cultural Renewal. They're actually out of Sugar Hill, Georgia. It's a it's a nonprofit. And what they do is they take artists like myself that aren't conventional Christian artists, and they provide them ways to create their art without any financial responsibility. Mm -hmm. I'll go every single month for two days, and we finished out the record in, you know, six, eight months. Mm -hmm. So it was about a little over two years when we from when we started the record. Yeah. So so where sure. can people find it? I just put it up on Noise Trade. So if you go to Noise Trade and you put in Anthony Quails, you can download it. And if you please leave a tip, that would help, but you don't have to leave a tip. If you want to actually buy it, you can buy it on uh, on Bandcamp or you can stream it if you do Apple Music. It's on, I think it's on Spotify. It's, it is everywhere in digital space and I have physical copies. If you, you can actually order a physical copy through uh, Bandcamp and I'll, I'll actually mail it out to you, and I'll probably include a really neat sticker you can put on your car. Cool. So. Awesome. So. Well, let's do another cover. All right. I'm going to do a Ryan Adams song. So give me something good. Now I can't see 
There's a darkness on the rise I'll be waiting here Until the end of time All my life been shaking Wanting something Holding musicians and songwriters out there don't quit it's so so easy to get get very discouraged really mm-hmm. quickly especially if you go out and do open mics and things like that there's a, a misconception that songwriters are are very confident because we hit the stage and we sing for you know large crowds of people or small crowds of people there's a misconception a lot of times that 
songwriters are, are just the most secure and strong people and we're the most insecure people in the world. So it's very easy to get discouraged, especially if you you know you have a show and people don't show up or you or people talk through your set. That happens a lot of times. Mm -hmm. That's just, you know, that happens. Learn what you're good at as a songwriter and learn what you're bad at and get better. Mm -hmm. And get better at both. Keep writing. Just mm -hmm. keep writing. Well thank you so much for coming <laughs> on today. You're welcome. So thank you for having me. Thank, thank you, you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah.